Here you go. I don't usually get introduced, and so nobody ever claps for me, but you know, that's kind of fun. <laughs> All right, we're going to continue our series called Tasked. We got this week and next week with the Task series, and then we'll be finishing it up. Uh, what we've been talking about is that we have been chosen by God for a mission and a purpose in this life. So just like Mission Impossible, you know, your, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is this, that, and the other thing. It's the same for us as believers. We have been given a mission from God. Each one of us, it's a little bit different, but for each one of us, it's quite a bit the same. And so we've been talking about that. What have we been called to? What has God chosen us for? And so your mission, should you choose to accept it, number one is to follow Christ. Jesus said to his disciples 2,000 years ago, come follow me, and it's the same thing for us today. We are to follow Christ. We can respond in various ways to that call, but every human being on the planet, Jesus has died for, the opportunity to follow him is there, and so he is saying, come follow me. He knows your name, he's calling you to follow him. We talked about being a person of love. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to be a person of love. The greatest commandment and the second one are both Have love in your heart commandments. If we miss that, we're missing the whole boat on this following God thing. We have to love God, have a love relationship with Him. Develop into that from fear to love, from shame to love, from disbelief to love. And then have a love relationship with the world to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, love our neighbor, love our enemies, it says. That's quite a deal. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to walk by faith, not by sight. To live a life of faith. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That's not something I can do or you can do individually, but we can do our peace together and get that accomplished. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to worship God. We're worshipers. We're we're the ones who bow down before the living God. We are the worshipers of God. Believers, Christians, different ways to worship, different uh, styles, all that stuff. But it's about bowing your heart and submitting yourself in worship to God. And last week we talked about your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to be part of the body of Christ, to come into the organized group of believers and fill your position, do your role, do your calling, put your gifts into effect. Uh, This week, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to be born again. Let's pray. We'll get into the new material this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your holy scriptures. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Father, for your truth. Lord, I I thank you that you don't leave us here to wander around, do the best we can, but you guide us by your spirit and you guide us by your word. Lord, help us to see what you've got for us today. Help us to grab hold of it. Lord, bless our time. I know you've got something good for each one of us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to be a new creation, is to be born again. John 3.3 is where this comes from. John 3.3, 3, 
Jesus says to somebody, we'll get into that in just a second. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Jesus says, it's more difficult to see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. It's, you know, you can do it. There's many ways to see the... No, he says, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Is it important to be born again? It's important to be born again. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So let's understand what this is. We're going to read the entire account uh, of what this is talking about. Um, <clears throat> but have you ever wanted to do over in life? You ever felt like, man, I wish I could start over? But you know, that's the glorious message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you get to start over, you get to be a new creation. You get to lay the old down and just be done with it. And start fresh and new. That's the gospel. That our shame, our sin, our failure, are just walking down this path, not being who we're really supposed to be. We can just set that aside and say, well, there's no fixing that. I'm just going to trade it in. And receive new life in Christ. And go forward into something that's, that's different. A new life. Um... This word born again, it's not in the Bible very many times. Um, the concept is in the Bible over and over and over again. But when it says born again, it's the same word. Remember in the Bible when Jesus was crucified and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom? It's the same word as top. Torn in two from top to bottom. It's that same word. It could very accurately be translated. Born from above. No one can see the kingdom unless he is born from above. Born from things beyond this world. Born again. Born in the spirit. That's what this is talking about. Something from above that we're born into. Let's read the account of Jesus talking to Nicodemus. Then we'll talk about being born again. All right. Verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. So who is this Nicodemus? He's a Pharisee, so he's a very dedicated, you know, he's an elite believer. He's somebody who... Prays, you know, several hours a day, follows all these rules, is very disciplined in his lifestyle, knows the scriptures, is a very, very uh, high level believer. He's a member of the Jewish ruling council, so he's not just a Pharisee, he's an upper level Pharisee. So he's a, he's a fancy guy. He came to Jesus at night. What does that mean? It means that he didn't want anybody to see his car in the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? He was making sure that when he went to work the next day that he wasn't going to get in trouble. Because there were a lot of people numbered in the Pharisees that didn't like Jesus at all. 
And they weren't sure if this guy's a heretic, he's some kind of crazy person. And so, uh, you know, later on, as time went on, if anybody said they believed in Jesus, they were kicked out of the Pharisees. You know, they were no longer allowed to be part of the group. So this wasn't quite that far down the road, but there was tension there. So he came at night because he's being stealthy and smart. And he says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. So does Nicodemus like Jesus? Yeah, he says, you're a teacher from God. I can see that. So I'm coming here at night to talk to you because I care what you have to say. I want to reach out to you. I want to connect with you because I can tell something good's going on here. Now, Nicodemus from this already seems to have a connection with Jesus. And we're going to go through the entire conversation. But let me tell you, when Jesus was crucified and then his body was taken down, Two people cared for Jesus' body. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, who brought all the stuff for taking care of the body. Nicodemus brought that. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus were the ones who cared for the body of Jesus. And so this conversation, I think, was powerful to this Pharisee. And so he already has a positive opinion. Let's see where this goes. Nicodemus says, For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replies. So he replies to, Man, you are so awesome. God is using you with this. Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Does that seem to be the next thing? You know, somebody comes up to me. Well, Pastor Mike, that was an anointed message. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. It it seems a little bit out of the norm of things to say. But, you know, hey, Jesus has a reason for that. He's trying to communicate something. So let's read a little bit farther. Verse 4. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. So what does this mean? He says it twice. And then he says, flesh gives birth to flesh, and the spirit gives birth to spirit. So what is he telling Nicodemus, a very religious person? Someone who is good at following the rules. Someone who is excelling among Pharisees. So he's part of the Jewish ruling council. And he says to him, unless you start over, you'll never see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again, unless you start fresh, unless you take your mulligan and begin again in your relationship with God, you'll never see the kingdom. He says that to Nicodemus. He's a very fancy person. And he says, here's the reason. Because flesh gives birth to flesh. All of us in here have been born. That's good. We've been born of the flesh. We're people. It's good to be a person. I'm super happy to be one of them. It's fantastic. Every now and again, I'm just shocked that I'm a person. 
You know, how did I get here? I don't know, but here I am. So praise God. Hallelujah. It's neat to be one of the people. There's billions and billions of people on the planet, and there have been billions and billions of people, and I was never any of them. So how did I get here? I don't know. It's pretty awesome. Flesh gives birth to flesh. That's kind of neat. But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. So I think what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus was, hey, you're excelling in religion. That's awesome. Good for you. But the rules you follow, the discipline that you endure, the studying that you do, the clothes that you wear, aren't the thing that makes you part of the kingdom of God. There's something that needs to be born on the inside of you. Something that needs to come forth in here that's not part of this world for you to see the kingdom of God. You're good at religion. You're good at studying. You're good at discipline. Sweet. Something needs to be birthed in here if you're going to see the kingdom. Flesh gives birth to flesh. The Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Amen. Can you believe that? You don't know what's going on with these spirit-filled people. I'm rather impressed with your capacity to park inside the lines in the parking lot. Do you know that? I was thinking to myself, I don't know if they'll be able to do that. You know, we're supposed to be spirit-filled. Spirit-filled. No, the Lord led me to park crooked. You know, the Lord told me to come in the other way. Oh, okay, you know, like, but hey, you're, you're following the lines. That's great. You know, you're doing better than I thought. It's fantastic. I should just let some of that go every now and again, you know, like, but I'm just so thankful. Isn't it cool to have a parking lot? I'm just, I'm just thrilled. So Nicodemus is still confused. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? Very truly. Jesus is like shaking him. Dude, get it, get it, get it, get it. This isn't just true. This is very true. Pay attention. And he's having a deeper conversation with Nicodemus than he would with other people, right? Because Nicodemus, he's a student, he's disciplined, he's very, very serious. So Jesus is able to go deeper into things with Nicodemus than he could with other people. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness. So understand, nobody understood anything about the crucifixion at this point. And Jesus is telling Nicodemus about that day where he will receive Jesus' body and prepare it for burial. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. Do you think this conversation was ringing in Nicodemus' ears on the day of the crucifixion? And he's, he's reliving the message that Jesus told him 
And he's seeing it come to pass before his very eyes. And he knew it was true. Verse 16, we've got to read the next few verses. I would stop it there, but I just can't resist reading John 3.16 and all the way into verse 21 because it's good stuff. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Did you know he told that to Nicodemus? This is in a, a small group conversation. So that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So why did God the Father send Jesus to this world? To bring condemnation? To make sure everybody knew what they were doing wrong? Not at all. To save people. To let them be born again. To start over. To set aside their failures and mistakes and just being the wrong person. Being able to say, you know what? That's not me. This is who I am. That's why Jesus came. So we could be born again. We could be born of the Spirit. We could be born new. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. So Jesus is saying some amazing things to Nicodemus. He's saying, you must be born again. You're very religious. You're, you're doing amazing things. You're studying. You're, you're doing all this stuff. But you must be born again. If that's true for Nicodemus, might that be true for you and me? That we need to be born again. We need a fresh start. We need to not just fix the old. but set it aside and be someone else. Be born of the Spirit. Be that person. Too many people spend their time trying to fix the old. The gospel message is this. You can just set it down and walk away. You don't need to fix it. It's messed up. It's broken. Problem. Set it aside. Step into something new. Be born again. What are we born again into? Because with the youth group, we're studying the Old Testament. Youth group this year, Old Testament survey. Oh yeah, come on, exciting stuff. Kids are coming though, so it's amazing. We're going through the Old Testament. It's not that bad, right? It's, not, it's, it's, it's all right. We're talking about now Israel, the nation of Israel getting set free from Egypt and they're going into the promised land. You know, it's one thing to get free from bondage, right? Hey, not Egypt anymore. Woohoo! But that doesn't mean you're in the promised land yet. So we get born again. We know we get free from a bunch of junk, right? But what are we born into? We're, we're going somewhere. We have to grab hold of the things that we're going to. What are we born into? I'm going to mention five things that we're born into when we're born again. 
Because, you know, when we're born, flesh gives birth to flesh. We're born into situations we don't get to pick. You're born in a family. You're born in a situation. You're born with certain, you know, smarts and physical capacities and all these different things. And, and you just show up and there you are. You're born into things. We are born again into things as well. What are we born again into? First thing, we are born again into freedom. We are not born again into bondage or slavery or oppression. We are born again into freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Of course, we know we're set free from our past sins. But I believe we're set free from sin in two other ways. Three ways total. We're set free from our past sins. Hallelujah for that. I believe that in Christ we are set free from other people's sins. So many people have been impacted more directly by someone else's sin than they have by their own. And they are shaped and molded by someone else's sin. And that makes them who they are. That's flesh giving birth to flesh, man. That is bad news. That's sin giving birth to, to you? Making you somebody different because of someone else's sin? Don't let their sin mold and shape you. We are born again into freedom and that has no power over us at all. And the, the, uh, the linchpin, what's the word I'm looking for? The catalyst for that is forgiveness. Of course, being forgiven sets us free from our past sins. And when someone sins against me, and you can tell, you know, like if you can't get it out of your heart, if you're just angry and you're bitter and you're tainted in your understanding because of what somebody's done to you or what somebody's done to somebody you care about, you know what's shaping and molding your heart. How do you get free from that? How do you get born again into freedom? You have to forgive them and let it go. Leave room for God's wrath. The Bible says in the Old Testament... And the New Testament twice, quoting the Old Testament. It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. We forgive. We put them in God's hands. We set ourselves free from what they've done to us. Don't let that shape you anymore. And you go forward in freedom. And then I believe we are set free from our future sins. We don't have to live the same stupidity that we've lived in the past. We can, you know, hallelujah, born again into not repeating the same mistakes. We are born again into freedom. We are born again into a heritage. We are born again into a royal family. Did you know? Wouldn't it be something to be born into the British royal family or something? You know, like there's all these people that seem to care about you. You're three years old, you know, and, and you have a title and, you know, and all this stuff. We are born again into a heritage. We have a Father in heaven, creator of the universe. And we are born into being His child. And an heir of the kingdom. Let's read Romans 8, 16 and 17. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs with Christ. Born into being an heir like Jesus. 
I just want that to sink in for a second. You're born into a heritage. You've got an inheritance coming. You are a co-heir with Christ. Oops, there's an if. I told last night, I said, we should do a sermon series called If. And look at all the verses where the word if is really, really important. Because we're given choices. And we have to pay attention to the if. If, indeed, we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. If we share in his sufferings, what that means is we're born into a heritage. We're also born into a family business. You know how you might be born into a family that has a a business. And so, you know, well, financially I'm taken care of, but I'm going to have to work in the family business. I'm going to have to take my position. Someday I'll be president or whatever. I'm in the family business. And the kingdom of God, God's family, the heritage we are born into, not only is it an inheritance, but it is a family business to work in right now. And that is the business of bringing the light of the gospel to this world. Living the truth of God and sharing the truth of God. That's the family business. Sharing in His suffering. So we are born into freedom. We are born into an inheritance, a heritage. We're born into wisdom. Do you know you get born again smarter than you were the first time? It's true. You see the world in a different place when you're born again. That's, you see the world as a different place when you get born again. You see things differently. You're smarter. You're born into wisdom. You're born again into victory. You are born again a champion. Some people are just born to win. Have you noticed that? And you just think, how do they do that? Some people are born to be mediocre. You know? Like, yay, eighth place. That's pretty good for me. You know? I was born a bad speller. I mean, I I studied. I never got all of them wrong. I got 19 wrong out of 20. Several times. I got a 33% for the quarter in spelling one time. That was really bad. Oh, well. Some people are born good at stuff. But when we're born again, we're born into being champions. We're born into being more than conquerors. Let's read this in Romans chapter 8 real quick. Romans 8, starting in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You know, there are things in this world that will hit us and hurt us and try to separate us from the love of Christ. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors through him who loved us. What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? In a worldly sense, conqueror means you kill your opponent. You conquer them. You destroy them. In Christ, more than a conqueror means I win, but so does my enemy. And I can pick them up, and they can be born again too. We're not destroyers. We're more than conquerors that bring the light of Christ to this world. We don't hurt people. We win. We're born champions, but we make other champions. We don't make losers. We don't make people destroyed. For I am convinced 
that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Born again more than a conqueror. Born again into being a champion. And the last thing we're going to say, we're born again into being a blessing. Into being part of the solution. Have you ever noticed that when someone walks in the room, you may react in a couple of different ways? Sometimes someone walks in the room and you think, hey, there's so-and-so. Other times someone walks in the room and you're like, oh. <laughs> or you see him at Walmart, you know, and you're, you're going to go get yourself some whatever it is you're going to get, your important thing at Walmart, and you're like, oh, there they are, you know. <laughs> Some people are a drag just to see. Thinking you might bump into them sucks the life out of you. <laughs> We're not born, to, born again into being that person that sucks the life out of other people. We are born into being a blessing. In fact, what it says, Jesus says in John seven thirty eight is whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this he meant the Holy Spirit. Not a judgmental spirit, not a bitter spirit, not a prideful spirit, not an angry spirit, not a contentious spirit, but a Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. To where when the Holy Spirit walks into a room, it's a spirit of love, it's a spirit of peace, a spirit of compassion, a spirit of understanding. And that light comes into the room. We are born again into being a blessing, part of the solution. We're going to close. I'm going to invite the prayer team up. Being born again is just the start. It's just the beginning. When we're born in the flesh, we're not done, are we? You know, it's like, hey, a baby boy, 8 pounds, 2 ounces, 21 inches long, hallelujah. Well, so much for that. What about the next one? You know, no. when you're born in, in the natural, in the flesh, hey, you got a whole future in front of you, right? Your full potential isn't realized on the day that you're born. There's a lot of things you have to go through. You can look at that baby and you can know the day will come when this little baby will be betrayed, right? Because all of us are betrayed. The day will come where this little baby has a wonderful wonderful idea about how things should go and it's just wrong it doesn't go that way and they're going to have to realize this is how the world works you can look at that baby and see there's going to have to be things that happen for this baby to mature and it's the same way for us when we're born again we're not born again mature we're born again babies and we have to grow We have to learn. We have to develop. We have to fight battles. And we have to get there. Just like in the natural world. Next week we're going to finish up the task series with fight the good fight of faith. Because we're not more than conquerors automatically. We're not in victory automatically. We're not free automatically. We have to fight for so many of these things. And I'm going to tell you the key 
to starting the born again experience, seeing it through to the finish. And it's John 3, 6 that we've read already. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. We can struggle on our own. Okay. What does Jesus say? He says, you need a touch from God. You need something from God birthed inside of you. You need that thing from God that isn't your own strength, that isn't your own understanding, that isn't your effort, but is just from God. To come in and to grow. To be born again. Born of the Spirit, born from above. Not down here thinking various thoughts about above, but born from above. So we're going to pray now. Then I'll open the front up for personal prayer. But let's ask God to be born of the Spirit. And if we've been born of the Spirit, let's ask God for some more. To grow, to mature, to see things more clearly to be able to battle through all the things in life we need to battle through to get the victory, to become a blessing, to grab hold of our heritage, to learn wisdom and true freedom. So let's pray together. Then I'll open the front up for individual personal prayer. Heavenly Father, we believe your word. It says flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. And we must be born again to see your kingdom. We need to be born of your spirit. We need to have that thing from you birthed on the inside of us. Lord, and if, if we already have that, we need it to grow. We need it to be strong and full and powerful. Lord, we need to mature. Lord, all we can offer you is flesh. But you offer us your spirit. So fill us with your spirit. Touch us with your spirit. Give us vision from your spirit. Give us joy from your spirit. Give us strength from your spirit. Give us wisdom from your spirit. Give us the ability to forgive from your spirit. Birth that thing in each one of us. And grow your spirit in us. Lord, I pray a blessing over each person in this place. I pray your strength would be in us. Lord, that we would be able to walk in your ways and that we would be a blessing. That your light would well up in our hearts so bright that it would overflow into our world. Let it be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on down for personal prayer. If you're like, man, that sounds good, but I don't really get it. Come on down, get some prayer. Whatever other need you may have, physical need, financial need, relationship need, You just need a blessing. Doesn't matter. Come on down. Get prayer. Otherwise, you're dismissed. Say hi to somebody you don't know and encourage them in the Lord this morning.